We here at Just One Man Podcast openly endorse people speaking their truth, being honest and being open. As a result, some of the themes that we discuss may actually be triggering for you, either watching or listening to the podcast, wherever you are. Some of those themes may include suicide, substance abuse, and general mental health problems. And again, these may be triggering. So for that reason, viewer and listener discretion is advised. you are watching or listening uh happy new year um yeah really really hope you had a, a great christmas and a, and a really uh really positive start to new, your new year just one man podcast is back um kind of goes out saying that the the level of support we've had based off um the first episode that we released just before christmas was absolutely phenomenal thank you to every single person who has liked us and subscribed and rated us and commented or spoke to us in person um it all goes a massive massive way um the first um thing as well just to to, to make everyone kind of um aware of as you will notice we've got very nifty little t-shirts um so a big thank you to yeah he didn't have his he left his in the football club um so he haven't got his and the guests don't get one anyway no, the guests, the guests get so much more. <laughs> we'll edit that, and I'll give him like a, a, a finger frankincense and mood or something like that. Um, but no, thank you to uh, Matthew Harris and Jack Hodgkins and Macron Stoweber Vale um, for providing the T-shirts. Very, very uh, much appreciated. And we'd also like to thank uh, Dawn Bowden uh, MS, uh, for her very generous donation for her uh, sponsorship for this episode as well. Yeah, thank you for that. It's, it really means a lot. And um, even though we started this podcast from nothing to for, for you to give us something, that means means really, really a lot. Thank you very much. So you'll notice, um, obviously, that it, it isn't just the three of us this time. As promised, we have got a real a real guest. <laughs> A real person. Um, we are well. I, I certainly am, and I think I, I speak for the lads here. I am beyond thrilled. Um, I am privileged um, to introduce Mr. Mark Collins okay. uh, to the podcast. He is a is a big big supporter of of uh, of the podcast and also of Andy's Man Club and men's mental health in general. Um, and obviously, um, we're gonna kind of delve into talking about your mental health experiences um, and kind of what what mental health means to you and obviously the experience as well of, of losing your son Kerry um, mm-hmm. around 14 months ago as well. Um, Josh, obviously I'm aware you knew Mark previously yeah. and, and Kerry as well. Yeah, um, obviously I knew Kerry uh, and then obviously got to know Mark through Kerry uh, you know, we've all been close ever since, really. We have, that's true. Um, yeah. You know, there's no like falling apart from ever. You know, we've always spoke. Um, obviously, you don't speak every day. But, you know, you, you do get close to people who you live around, really. Um, so, yeah, it's quite nice to have you on. And it's an absolute pleasure to be here, guys. It really is. 
So did you two know each other then before Kerry's passing then or were you in contact or? Well, I think it's fair to say we, we knew of Josh and Amy and the family. Um, Kerry spoke about them in glowing terms and they became friends um, before we actually met. Okay. Many moons ago. Yes, seems a lifetime ago, yeah, but it was. Yeah. When you when you talk as well about glowing tunes, um, for those people who didn't know Caddy, who didn't have the the privilege of, of knowing Caddy, how would you describe Caddy? How would you describe Caddy if you had to describe him? I don't know that we've got long enough uh, in the podcast <laughs> to describe Caddy. Uh, he was certainly uh, a one-off. Um, and I think the thing that came through since Kerry's passing with all the messages we've had and uh, what people thought of Kerry was that he was the life and soul uh, of any party or any meeting. And when he walked into the room, he would light that room up. Yeah. Um, he was funny, he was loving, he was caring, um, and he, he was just, my life, he was one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. Um, I can still remember the day he was born, some 40, over 40 years ago now, and it was the proudest moment of my life. Um, but he was certainly a one-off, very, very talented. He was a talented footballer. Uh, he was a musician, he sang, he wrote music, um, and he entertained. And he yes, was he just, a, just yeah. a great guy. Yeah. Well, as we kind of alluded to in, in, in the first episode, you know, he, was, he, 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 he to me was one of those uh, characters. And I think places like Murphy Tidville, and we are back in the Iron Dragon, by the way, in, in, in Murphy Tidville for this episode. Um, but... Towns like Merva have characters and well-known faces, and Kerry was right on up there. I think so. And it's as you said, he, you know, there, there wasn't much that he didn't have a hand in, whether it was sport or music yeah. or whatever. He was a phenomenal musician, um, who I think was ahead of his, his time in, in many respects. I think so. um, you know, and there's not many people, certainly of my age, who you say the name Kerry Collins, and they don't think of a footballer, but they think of some band, yeah. one of about they will. Yeah. a million bands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but obviously going back to kind of go, go to that place, October 2022, mm-hmm. Kerry takes his own life. Yes. When you look back, was there any sort of inkling whatsoever that Kerry was struggling with his mental health or there was any sort of problem? Well, I think um, to say that we didn't have any inkling wouldn't be true because um, in the year 2000, when we were all going through COVID, uh, Kerry did go through um, a divorce and he had a, and we still have the grandson, um, Jesse, uh, who we love dearly, uh, but things weren't absolutely right between um, Kerry and his then wife. And they decided that 
it was time for them to go their separate ways. Um, and I know that Kerry was missing seeing uh, Jesse, his son, and couldn't see him as often as he wanted to. Um, and this caused him to be on a bit of a downer, shall we say. And Kerry did uh, consider taking his life um, during that time. Um, but he got through it. He got help. He got through it. And as a consequence of that moment, uh, where he thought about it, thankfully he didn't do it then, but uh, he went, he sought um, uh, help from various different sources. He got help and he got some medication. And we thought he was through it all and Kerry was doing extremely well. Um, he even did interviews on the radio. He did um, one of these, a podcast with uh, his very dear friend, friend, Faith Buckley, and that was well received. And Kerry was a great advocate for, for men who had mental health problems, and he did everything he could to help others out. But when we get to uh, October the 18th, 2022, um, the moment that we were told Kerry had taken his life was the most devastating moment of my life. Um, we didn't see it coming. It was the day after his um, 13, 39th birthday, and he had plans to come to Merthyr um, with his girlfriend, Holly. They were one of those couples, as they used yeah. to describe themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very, very much in love. Um, and we had plans to go out that week when he came down. But yeah. um, unfortunately, the events of the 18th of October um, changed our lives forever. Yeah, I think we did touch on the last podcast as well. Me and Mark both said like the we spoke. We both spoke to him on his birthday, and mm -hmm. yeah. you know there was nothing that's you know mm -hmm. yeah, I'm all, I'm all good. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll be down soon. We'll have a catch up, but mm -hmm. you know it was just. Yeah, I had same old carry. Yeah, I had I had seen him. I had seen him a, a short time before coming out of um, the garage at the bottom of town yes. as I was going in, and I vividly remember because he had he had he had cleared the garage. He he had he had gone in and paid and come back, and he was nearly at the car. And when he saw it was me, he ran back and opened the door and said, "I'm not having you saying I didn't know the door for you." <laughs> um, and you couldn't do anything, you know, and you had that smile, that cheeky, yeah. chappy smile, and you yeah. thought, you know, you can't, I, okay, fair enough. Um, do you think that part of that, the impact, and obviously the shock that just reverberated everywhere when it happened, do you think part of that shock then is, is made more impactful because, as you said, it had appeared on the surface as if the worst was behind him. Yes. Yeah. And it was still one of those kind of, well, he's been through this storm, but he looks like he's coming out the other side of it. And as you said, he was very, very um, passionate. He was an advocate for mental health. Yeah. He was involved in in, in, in everything to promote it. Do you think then that it, that that had more kind of power behind it when he did pass away, that it was it was that, well... If it can happen to him, then it can happen to anybody. Absolutely. It, it, if if Kerry could do it, it could happen to everyone. And we all know 
the statistics about the number of men who do take their lives between the ages of 18 and 45, it's one every two hours. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately that day, Kerry became one of those men. And we have had it described as, I don't know um, if Kerry, I don't know what he went through at the time, but we had it described by one of our friends as it's like a, a heart attack of the mind in that split second, yeah. 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 where it just happened where Kerry had decided that was it. Mm. Um, he couldn't cope anymore. I think on us, all it takes is a split second as well. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, with the sisters, like you said, the numbers that we see about it, um, and like it is just a split second of thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it does change. Oh, it certainly changed our lives. Um, and I think the first thing that entered my head and my wife Madeline's head at the time was Dear Christ, how are we going to tell his brother? How are we going to tell his son and his then 84-year-old grandfather? And what effect is this going to have on other people? And we didn't give a single thought about how it was going to affect Madeline and I. No. Um, because we were, we were absolutely, totally in shock when two um, lady police officers came to the door. That's what I was going to say is, how, how did you, you pay, find out that carrier taking his own life. Well, it's um, strange, but as usual, there was football on in the night, and it was Wolves, so I was keen to watch the Wolves game. <laughs> um, it was quarter to eight kickoff, started to watch the game, and then there was a ring at the doorbell. I answered the door and thought, who's going to come here and do this now? Don't they know Wolves are on? And um, I opened the door and it was two lady police officers and um, the one lady said, uh, excuse me, she said, um, but are you the parent, one of the parents of Kerry Collins? And I said, oh, yes, what's he done now? Thinking uh, he was notorious for his parking fines and he did drive the car pretty quickly. Uh, that, that, that's genetic, by the way, because... Uh, he, only, he only parked that way because he couldn't really park properly. Yeah, yeah, he's just fine. <laughs> yeah. He used to come home on times and he'd say, um, I'm okay, I'm parked safely, there's no problem today, I'm parking <laughs> in a lovely little place called Bus Lane where there's no other cars. <laughs> but uh, that was the kind of thing Kerry did. But the, the police officer said, do you mind if we come in? And I'd I totally forgotten uh, my manners when he kept them on the door. I said, yeah, coming in, of course. And they said, you might want to sit down. Uh, are you Mrs. Collins? They asked Madeleine. And they said, we've got some bad news. And then there was a heart sink moment. And they said, Kerry has taken his life. And Madeleine said, uh, oh, okay. I fell to the floor onto my knees and I, I don't know where the scream came from. It was from another planet. And I just screamed, no, no. Um, and then we sat down and we spoke to them and we got some of the details um, and they left and we just looked at each other, hugged each other, sat down and said, oh my God, how do we recover from this? And from there, it, it was just an evening of right, get some, Madeline made a list, of course, um, which he does. <laughs> And uh, there was a list of who we needed to phone, and we got on the phone to brothers, sisters, um, 
Madeline's dad. Uh, we had to phone uh, Jen, Kerry's ex-wife, because she had to know, because obviously Jesse had to know. And of course, one of our concerns was Luke. How are we going to tell Luke? Luke is Kerry's autistic brother, who is profoundly autistic and hasn't lived with us for a long time, although we see him every two weeks. How are we going to explain this to Luke? And we decided Luke won't know until after Christmas, because he finds Christmas very, very difficult with his yeah. difficulties. And it really helps folks when you put your decorations up in September. It really <laughs> does help people with learning disabilities, I can tell you. But uh, yeah, it was it was total shock, um, and I'll never forget that moment. No, no, because when you know those police officers who you know that must be an horrific part of their job. I, I, as I well, can't you can't imagine. even imagine you know, when yeah. they're walking up to that front door, knowing we we are going to devastate yeah. a family. Yeah, that you know that's you know, but then. You know what's that? That that shock factor, mm -hmm. as you said, it's 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 in it's incomprehensible for anybody. And, and it's, it's indescribable yeah. as well, Mark. To be honest, it, it it was just something I've experienced once in my life, and I never want to experience it again. And the whole reason that we are doing this now, and the reason we've set up Andy's Man Club, is. I don't want to see anyone go through what I've gone through the last 14 months because it has been horrendous. There's no getting away from it. It's been horrendous. And I bet it was the, the feeling that you had once them words came out of the police officer's mouths. I was shocked, but then there is no feeling. You just feel numb. Yes. There, there, yeah. so I'm, yeah. I'm guessing, you know, and, and, and I wouldn't want to think of what that feeling Feels like I don't want anyone else to go through it. We know people are going to go through it. We know families are going to go through it. But if we can stop just one, yeah. just one of these happening, yeah. so that one a family doesn't go through it, um, that's the whole point of yeah. what we are all doing. Um, and it's it's just for other people. Just don't have to go through it. Was there ever that that moment where you thought, no, it it can't be right? Oh, yes. They've got to have it wrong. It's well, a, it's yeah. it's a it's yeah. a different Kerry. Got yeah, I'm yeah. a different man. Yeah. You know, there's, there's it's it's it's, it's got to be wrong. You know, because I don't like again. Um, and obviously knowing you and knowing Madeline, I I I I, I just I I can't imagine what it would have been like to have been in that living room, and then the police just and you're just left. You're just yeah. left with this. That's right. This news. Yeah. To try and digest. Yeah. Um, and you know that nothing will ever be the same. No, we 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 knew that it, as you say, it was never going to be the same. But I think it was just um, as Jordan said, it was the feeling of numbness and and, and what, you, what 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 yeah it yeah, doesn't actually yeah. sink in. For no, it it, it didn't. It, it didn't. Takes a while. Because I remember seeing it uh, on Facebook, and like I said in the last podcast to Mark, like we both didn't believe it in the beginning. No. It was just mm -hmm. no, I it can't be yeah. true. It must no. be. And then I remember just flicking through Facebook, searching and searching and searching. Oh, for, for I think for the couple of months after that, leading up to Christmas, I think Kerry took over Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for I a couple of months. I still remember just all it was, Kerry. And I, I, re I read every one of the messages that were sent through. 
Uh, Madeline couldn't read any of them at the time, couldn't do it, and still hasn't gone through them all. She said at one time she will. But the tributes to Kerry, it, it's, it, to look back on it, he touched so many, so many people, oh, and, and yeah. not just people his age. It, it, it was people from, you know, yeah. kids, um, you know, very young kids and people of all ages and, and you know, elderly people like myself um, <laughs> in, their, in their late 50s and uh, <laughs> in, in their mid to late 60s and older. And um, I think a couple of things we thought at the time was, um, and I've said it to my brothers uh, when we met up a couple of days ago, that I'm glad our mum and dad had uh, passed away when they did because that would have seen them off. That would have been horrendous to have to tell my mum and dad yeah. and uh, Madeline's mum because Kerry was ever so close with, me, with Mad's mum. Uh, they were great mates, partners in crime. <laughs> and I think she was the instigator of his comedy because uh, she used to she used to teach him very rude rhymes when he was uh, when he was a very young lad, young lad, and uh, as you know, Kerry was a, a teller of stories and a teller of jokes, and I, I I don't know anyone else who would be a front man for a band who would sing and introduce stuff. He used to do a, a session when he was on stage called Kerry Jokey, where <laughs> where it's Kerry Jokey time. What jokes do you want and and People in an audience, you know, you've got hundreds of people in an audience gone to listen to the music who will be shouting out, uh, tell us the tell us the camper van joke, tell us this joke. They'd all heard the jokes, but they just wanted him to, to tell them. Yeah. And it, it was a bit of light relief. And, and that was what he was. Yeah. Kerry, would, Kerry would make you laugh. He'd make you furious. He'd make you cry. Um, and I think that's what he's done. He's made us cry an awful lot in 14 months. But we have so many fantastic memories of Kerry, especially seeing him on stage because he was something else. He yeah. was something else. I think if we did have time to go through every story, I think we'd have oh, to stay here for a week. We'd <laughs> have a series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, going. yeah I've only got this one show which, to do yeah. with you guys. Which, so which he, he would have loved. Oh, yeah. Oh, he would have yeah. loved yeah. it. Yeah. He would have loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, to, to come and sat here to, to, to be doing this. I'd be dancing he, on the table. Yeah. Oh, he, he, would, <laughs> he would. He would love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that actually brings me up. We've had a, a question um, from Nicholas Smoodin. Uh, so thanks, Nicola, as well. And I know that um, Nicola um, kind of lo uh, went 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 through the loss of her son um, in in two thousand and nineteen, and she's set up a, a, a charity and a and a support uh, network now called For Tom, uh, which covers Comtaf Maganog. And it offers free counseling support groups, help and advice to those bereaved by suicide. Um, and she also pr provides free counseling to those who are struggling with uh, suicide yeah. ideas. Mm -hmm. And she's asked um, what support that you and your family received, if any, immediately and in the weeks and months after losing Kerry. Wow. Um, that is a good question. <laughs> um, looking back on it, um, we didn't seek out support initially. Um, we we thought we could handle it all ourselves. Um, Madeline did most of the research uh, on it. I, I, I was in a daze. Um, and no, she's just a wonderful person, as those of you she's who the know legend. her. She is. She's fabulous. Um, 
And she did all the research and she looked into different mental health support groups and uh, came up with uh, Andy's Man Club, jumped out at her from the research and um, we wanted to make a donation because there was going to be a few, obviously the funeral and there was uh, we were going to have donations to something. And we chose Andy's Man Club, and which is something else we didn't realise Josh was involved in at the time. But when we put this on the um, order of service for the funeral, and the support we got for Andy's Man Club there and then was, was fantastic. And we did a bit of research. We spoke to people in Andy's Man Club who said they'd also had con contact from Josh as well. And we got through that, and we decided... Well, are we going to seek help for ourselves? Let's uh, be a bit altruistic and, and get something done for all the other people out there. So you didn't think then that you as a couple needed sort of go into a, um, not a charity-based thing, and so like uh, something like the NHS could give you or, or Mind or something, so you could have couples therapy kind of counselling the fact that You've just lost your son to such a no we did we didn't john to be honest we, we sat down and i think um to quote madeline a day or so after we we'd had the news when we were sat down um we weren't eating we weren't having a lot to drink we both lost an enormous amount of weight over the the months and madeline just said one evening mark what the fuck are we gonna do and I said, I don't know, because that numbness was with us. We got through Christmas. It wasn't great fun. We went over to see Luke um, because Luke's birthday was only three days after Kerry passed away. And so we went over to see Luke. We tried as best we could to keep it from him uh, because we didn't want him to have his Christmas spoiled and to put in, he's got enough to deal with, so yeah, he didn't yeah, yeah. need that. Um, but of course, the um, uh, people in Luke's home, uh, the support staff who have been absolutely magnificent. I'd like to add all the staff at Glangarnant where Luke is. They were superb. And of course, they were. We hugged, we kissed, we cried. And I think Luke picked up on it because we had to do something to let Luke know in the new year. But we went to see Luke a few times before Christmas. And we just wanted Christmas out of the way last year, or the year before last now. Um, so last Christmas before last was what just didn't happen. Very yeah, very much so. Um, and then we had to get um, what's called a social story put together to let Luke know. So with the support of um, Luke's psychiatrist, um, mental health services, and so all the support services involved with Luke and the uh, staff at Glangarnant, we put together a social story, which is a little booklet, which has photographs to say, basically it said, this is Kerry. Um, unfortunately, Kerry has died. Um, so you won't see Kerry again. And all the, the these, I, I can't remember it offhand. We still got the social story there. But when we did tell Luke this after Christmas, uh, in 2023, um, he knew. He picked up yeah. on things that something had happened and he got visibly upset. Um, but 
but he continued what he was doing, which was playing with Madeline's phone, which he does on every visit we go to see him. <laughs> she changes his settings, downloads everything onto his onto Madeline's phone. Um, but he didn't do that this time. He went straight to Kerry's Facebook page to look at photographs of his brother. And um, we had to stop on the way home because we were upset with it because we, we knew we were going to have to tell Luke. Um, but he's a strong old boy. He's a strong boy. You um, obviously have, 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 have mentioned Madeline. Yes. Um, who I think for those that, that know Madeline, um, she is incredible. She is an incredible nature. Uh, a, a, a true, a, a, a powerful, strong woman. She's actually asked a question. Oh, <laughs> thank you for that. So, I kept that one quiet. Okay. The question is Can you ask Mark why he's so annoyingly pleasant in the mornings? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have this wonderful relationship, Martin, and it is a fabulous relationship. We've been married 44 years. How dare you ask me that question? Um, <laughs> That's not real. Uh, uh, that isn't the real one. That isn't the real one. That isn't the real one. Okay. You go for it. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, Martin and I are two very different characters in the morning. <laughs> uh, one of us is bright and breezy and wants to have a chat, and the other says things like, Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> and, uh, you and often in the morning, how do you fancy a chat, Matt? Fuck off. <laughs> Leave me alone. Mark, you've started. So and, there we are. Sorry, um, Madeline really. <laughs> uh, will, uh, will tell you the same myself. Um, Madeline is not a morning person, shall we say, and I am. But, <laughs> but what she has asked is, and it's actually a question for, for all four of us, um, but I suppose as, as you're the guest, why do you think it's so hard for men to talk to other men about how they feel? Oh, I think it because there's uh, a certain stigma attached to the subject matter. Um, we live in a town which is um, renowned as being a hard town, a man's town, um, where men don't show their feelings and it's seen as a sign of weakness to show your feelings. Well, news for you guys, it isn't. It isn't a sign of weakness. I see it as a sign of strength that we can open up and we can have these discussions and if we can help other men that's got to be good. So um, let's put this one to bed, guys. And uh, I, I, I just think being a man is more than being hard yeah. and being full of rights. I'm sorry if that, yeah. take, <laughs> if that offends anyone. I don't care. I can echo that. Um, and I think like we've had many discussions for us yeah. and with others. Um, like I can guarantee you the biggest men of this town are the ones walking to the doors to talk to other men. Absolutely right. Yeah. Charities, whatever they need to go to speak to other people, they're the real men because they're not afraid to talk about anything. Absolutely and right. That's what needs to be done. And it's like the kind of industry you work in, that I think that puts a kind of a, a, a something that won't make a man speak. So I don't know, like the construction industry, for instance. Yeah. You know, you, you're on a building site, you're, you're whatever. 
you don't see men blubbering them. I think you see there's a sign of weakness, John. Yeah, I think, and I think, and, like, and, and I think it's quite the opposite. Yeah. yeah, the way it comes across to me is that the bigger person out of, if there's a construction site, for instance, and that one person is struggling, they go to a group. Other industries yeah, are yeah. available, by the way. The other, <laughs> you know, the, the other people that you've got the other gangs, they stay in their gangs because yeah. they can't do nothing alone. Yeah. Whereas you need to be thinking for yourself. Um, you know, you've got to look after yourself before anyone. Yeah. And what other people think of you, yeah. then. But it could be in an office, in, in, office, in an office yeah. environment, yeah. In, anywhere, anywhere. And as, and as soon as that when that word, that phrase that comes out of somebody's mouth of, oh, man, I believe. That's just, ah, oh, and it's so cringeworthy. Yeah, I think um, when I manned up, if you like, it was when I started to express my feelings. Um, and I've got no problem expressing my feelings of it. I've cried so many tears in the last 14 months. Um, well, it's probably the cause of all the flooding in the country. <laughs> but uh, there's been an awful lot of them. And I'm not afraid to cry in public either. Yeah. No, no, no. no problem with it at all. I've got a question from one of my mates, um, from Stefan. So thank you, Steph, for the, the question. Um, is says that as a father myself, I couldn't imagine going on after losing my son. How did you? Oh, thanks, Steph. Christmas card bless No, not at all. First of all, can I, Steph, thanks for the question. And can I say... I hope you never have to go through it. Um, and this goes for all your dads out there. I hope you never have to go through the pain of losing a child. It is said that it's one of the toughest things that you can probably go through. And I, I think I'm testament to that. It has been blinking tough. It's been really, did I say blinking then? <laughs> it's, it, it's been really, really difficult. It's been very, very difficult. I've been extremely fortunate, Stefan, to have someone behind me, we've mentioned a few times. Um, and we've always regarded ourselves as Team Collins yeah. and with the support of Madeline and with my support, Madeline, as as a couple, we've got through, got through it. We're not over it yet. It still hurts every single day. Mm. Um, and I've spoken to people who, in fact, I spoke to a gentleman on the weekend uh, up at Merthyr Football Club after the game who lost his son six years ago, and he said, you must know it It doesn't get easier, Mark. It really doesn't, and yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I've also got another very, very close friend of mine who lost two daughters very young, many years ago, and uh, he said, you've got this until you were gone, mate. It doesn't go away. So how I deal with it is... I just get up each day, take it every day as it comes, um, try to be the best person I can, and to try and help other people not to have to go through this with the um, work that we're doing for mental health support. And on, the, on that note, we've got um, an event coming up on the 2nd of February called TID Talks, which is about um, mental health as well and how it affects men. And we've got people from all over South Wales coming to talk at that event. Um, the other thing, Stefan, that you asked, how do I cope? I keep myself busy. Um, 
I go to Andy's Man Club every Monday. Um, I've got the podcast tonight. I've got the TED Talks rehearsals tomorrow. Um, I've joined a choir, which and I go to choir practice every Friday, and that has been something um, I can't tell you enough um, how much it means that um, being part of the Merthyr Aloud uh, choir um, has been a real, real help to me. And that's um, keeping busy, I think, and being occupied. It's great to read. I've gone back to reading books again, which uh, somebody in my house, there's only two of us, so you can guess who it is, <laughs> <laughs> which someone has said, I don't read enough. You never read enough. You're always in front of the television. Well, I've started reading again. The only trouble is I read the same paragraph 12, 13 bloody times because I can't concentrate. Um, but I am getting a great deal from reading again. And um, I think the main thing in answer to that question um, if you can remember what it was, because it was that long ago, because I do ramble, <laughs> um, is the support of Madeline and friends. And I regard you three around this table as three of those friends who I can always count on. I've got a lot more friends as well, um, and there's great support. So when you mentioned then, when you you heard the news and you and Madeline, and Madeline said that we need to ring people, and then you rang your family, We've talked about how you and Madeline went through it and then Kerry's ex and then Kerry's girlfriend. What about the other wider family? That How did they cope and how did they kind of respond to that sort of news? Um, they were all devastated because Kerry was a much-loved member of the family and, as I say, he was the life and soul of every family yeah. that we had, as, as you'll know. Um my brothers were fantastic. They were a great support and still are. Um, their families, likewise, Kerry's cousins were all devastated. Um, and it, it's how you'd expect a close family like I was to react when losing someone who was, you know, he was he was going to be the patriarch of the family at some stage because he, he just organized things. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the, on the Richter scale in there when you've got that magnitude of that one person you see you could see how how far that travels how yeah, yeah. how the grief how far the grief travels yes. the, it goes to the fact that how well Kerry was loved yes you know and it just goes for miles and miles and miles oh, to a whole town pretty yeah. much it it did because you know when we people talk about the ripple effect you drop a pebble into yeah. the water yeah. and it creates yeah. ripples yeah. well the news of Kerry's passing um it was a tsunami from a pebble yeah. um but it was all shall we say it was a rock that was dropped into the water and it did create a tsunami through the town and uh, it was estimated there was there was over 3000 people at Kerry's funeral um and, well, the number of people who came back uh, to the wake, of, which was held in the football club, the number of people there. They came from everywhere. We had people from Geneva, Australia, America, um, lots of people from the Midlands where Kerry lived for quite some time because um, he was in bands in the Midlands. And, yeah, we had people from everywhere turn up that day, and it was it was overwhelming for us. And then there was a sort of set, even though it was such a sad time, I bet the amount of pride that were coming from was coming from you and Madeline was unreal. It was. It was 
one of the saddest, well, the saddest day of my life, I suppose, was well, not suppose, was definitely um, the day Kerry passed. And the day of the funeral was very, very difficult, but the outpouring of love and the stories that we heard and some of the things that we didn't know about Kerry, which came yeah. out, uh, <laughs> we know he's from the standing in a photograph of the bar, and I just turned around and I could see everyone in there. And everyone was just laughing so much. Mm -hmm. And that just goes to show what type of person he was. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and everyone was talking about him, what he got up to. Mm -hmm. And there was just so many tears of laughter. Oh, there was. It was unreal. Absolutely. And a great outpouring of love. Because uh, Kerry always said, uh, there's a story about um, one Christmas when uh, Kerry had a goalkeeper's jersey when he was very small, when he was very young. I don't know, he'd been about seven or eight, I suppose. And Luke, not liking Christmas, actually went and, and bit Kerry on the shoulder. And if you know what a goalkeeper's shirt is like, they padded shoulders. And Kerry was hurt. And... Um, Luke, what have you done? Why have you done that? And uh, you know, I shouldn't have. You know, but uh, Kerry said, "It's okay, Dad. It's okay. He didn't mean it." And when we broached this subject years and years later on our Christmas Day, where Madeline, Kerry, and I used to sit in the kitchen and we'd have a a glass of champagne, Kerry would have a Bonnie and Lucas, you know, some sort of <laughs> Del Boy drink that you used to do. And we brought that story up about um, the Christmas day that Luke actually bit him on the shoulder. He said, well, he said it didn't matter. And Madeline asked him, well, Kerry, what about all the things of yours that Luke broke? Ah, oh, they were all accidents, which they weren't. Luke was quite destructive <laughs> with some things. Um, and he said, it didn't matter, ma'am. And she said, well, why do you say that? He said, I was brought up in a house of love, wasn't I? And a house of love is something we we still talk about now. And we're still Team Collins. Well, very much so. Well, in, in the most recent quiz, Madeline told me and, 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 and Abby, my wife, that, that, that story. Yeah. House um, of love story. House yeah. of love story. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those. <coughs> yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, you've you've kind of, I suppose now made it your mission for the rest of your time on on this spinning rock, um, to help anyone with mental Absolutely. health, whether they're male, female, or whatever, and to try and and and, mm -hmm. and and spread the uh kind of the positive vibes as well of, of things like Andy's Man Club. Um, you host a monthly quiz. I do indeed. Um, which has, <laughs> has now raised over over four thousand pounds in the four hundred last month, year, yeah. yeah. Which is incredible. Um we've got a question, we've got a query um for you, which basically says you've done loads of fundraising and charity work for Andy's Man Club and you're a credit to the community for it. What advice would you give to other people on making a difference in their community? And that is for Connor. All right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Connor, uh, I think uh, the difference you can make is be kind, be nice to people, um, have time for people, um, and just show them you care. Give, give people your time. When people come and ask you a question, just don't fob them off. Yeah. No. 
because however long you've got, you don't know what other people are going through. People don't know what I'm going through, or they didn't until tonight, probably lots of them. Um, but it, it's to, it's just be kind and think about why are people coming and yeah. giving you their problems if they are problems, yeah. or if they're asking you for your help. Yeah, yeah you know, they, they might be asking for your help in different ways that without being, I need your help. Yes, exactly. But can we just have a chat first before uh, I ask? For that's your right, and that, that has happened a lot. And yeah. all I can do is what I'm doing today. And yeah. I'm a pretty much of an open book. In fact, Madeline will tell you I'm too open. Why do you tell people that? How do people know everything about me? Why? Because I'm open. I, I don't, yeah. and I yeah. don't care about that. Yeah. Um, if someone doesn't like it, well, I'm sorry. You came to ask me <laughs> what my opinions are on some things. You might not like my opinions, but most of my opinions are founded on fact. Um, I don't make things up on the spot, but I just made that up on the spot. So sometimes I do. <laughs> or have I, or have, have I thought about this before the interview took place tonight? It, mm, the script I, is I, in his head. Oh, yeah, yeah, not in this one anymore. <laughs> I can't remember. I'm halfway up the stairs thinking, am I going up or am I coming down? But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, this happens. I can see somebody laughing at the moment, having heard that. Um, I think it, it's give people your time. Um, and I can't ever just try and be nice. Um, life's far too short, as we've found out. Oh, yes. When you, um, you look at the amazing... Uh, kind of transformation in terms of mental health awareness, certainly that this town has, has undergone since Kerry passed away, and things like the impact Andy's Man Club is having. Um, I know even we were just chatting about it before we started recording um, with Holly mm -hmm. as well, Kerry's girlfriend, trying desperately to do stuff in, in Eastbourne. That's where, right. You know, yeah, know, that's right. Uh, and even then, when you look at at at, at Jesse as basically mm -hmm. Kerry two point oh, uh, the mini me, he yeah. is like a mini me. Yeah. What do you think that the the kind of the lasting legacy of Kerry Collins will be when it's all said and done? What do you think the lasting legacy of of Kerry is going to be? Uh, hopefully that um, I can't say we're going to eradicate it a hundred percent male suicide. But I would certainly hope for there to be a large drop in those numbers um, because the number of groups that are open around the country now, yeah. I, I, you know, we had seven over 7,000 men attend different Andes man clubs um, on Monday night, just gone. So people are out there, people are talking. Um, I think if the way the Merthyr one is going at the moment, um, like we had. 20 or 21 people, depends if you can count or not, on Monday night at, uh, at our last meeting. Uh, Josh forgot to count himself in the list Obviously. when he counted everyone. Um, <laughs> he loves everyone having a go at him, doing it? Uh, no, I think the lasting legacy is for this town, um, we wanted to set up Andy's Man Club in Kerry's name for Merthyr. That's certainly working. We're dragging people in from further afield than just Merthyr now. Yeah. Um, and between us all, I think we'd like to see a few more clubs set up around the yeah, town. Definitely. We'd um, like to get more people through the door to come and listen to the sort of things we discuss because we're just blokes. Yeah. Yeah. We're just blokes who are trying to make a difference. Yeah. 
and everyone who comes through the door of Andy's Man Club are there for a reason. Um, I can't say that everybody comes for the same reason because it's a it's a, a very varied group. Um, but it, it you know you 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 can't say oh every every we're all similar coming no. in. There are similarities. But everybody's different. In exactly, area. everybody's different. Everybody's different. Everybody's got a story to tell, um, and it's interesting to listen. Um, and it doesn't get spoken about elsewhere. What goes on in that room in the club stays there, and the legacy that I would like to see is the numbers in Merthyr, because we've had a few since Kerry has passed away. Um, I'd, on that note, I would like to say, like obviously, I did set that club up after Kerry's funeral, basically for him, um, and I think it'll always be Kerry's. Yeah. Um, and I think with his shirt being in the background every week. Yes. Uh, well, I yeah. said it last time, that I said, if there. you think, Kerry's at every meeting. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Because that's what was said. You know, because yeah, he's that's at that's every meeting. Yeah. And he's and he's here, and he's here, yeah. yeah. you know. But, yeah, that that's, I don't 100% love it to be his legacy and I'm all for that. Yeah, I, I think it is. And, and you know, between us, uh, I think, Carrie's mum, the wonderful Madeleine, myself, Josh, um, the great people who gave us so much support when we were doing our Zoom conferences. It took us seven, eight months yeah. to, from initial contact with Andy's Man Club to, to getting it set up in Merthyr. It was a long seven months, but looking back now, it's gone in the blink of an eye and yeah. and we're on the road. We're on, we're on a roll. We, we're a snowball rolling down the hill at the moment as far as the club in Merthyr is concerned. Yeah. To wrap it up then, um, my last question is for the people who don't want to or who can't face coming to an Andy's Man Club meeting um, and don't, they, won't, they don't think that they can be saved and they want to and they, they think that the world would be a better place without them. What if you could talk somebody or get into somebody's head then to stop that from happening? What would you say? I would say, and what I'm going to tell you guys now is something I haven't told you before. I haven't said it in club, and I've been there for every meeting that we've had since it opened. That in the last few months, I've had the thoughts myself. Um, I've had suicidal thoughts, but I look back on it and think I don't want another family to go through what we've been through. I couldn't do it to Madeline. I couldn't do it to Luke. I couldn't do it for Jesse. I couldn't do it for my extended family. I saw the difference of Kerry not being around, what difference that has made to people. It has been a hard, hard slog to get through every day, every week, every month and the last year or so. It's hard. But I'm having fun still, if you can believe that. I've met some wonderful people, yourselves included, and the rest of the guys who come to club. The support I've had from the village I live in, in Hale Gerrig and Merthyr Tidville, has been magnificent. The friends I've made 
since Kerry's passing. The youngsters of Kerry, well, I say youngsters, you're all his age. <laughs> <laughs> um, the younger generation, the friends I've made, um, it, it's just vast and varied. And I don't think we should forget the ladies, the women, because there are so many women who I've become very friendly, who I, I'd never spoken to before, who knew Kerry, um, who have known me as a person who lives in my address. I'm not giving that out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the, there's lots and lots of people out there, and it's not just men. And the strength of some of the women. We did a, an event in Tesco in Merthyr Tidville on Saturday morning. And we had as many women come and ask us yeah. about the man club as we did men, if not more. Yeah. And we even had some who said, he's coming. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be there Monday night. And yeah. some of them were. But, um, you know, we talk about legacies and what I think about it all. Um, and all those guys who are having the thoughts of taking their own life. Please think twice about it. There is a wonderful place where you can come and express your feelings. And no one else outside of that room knows what you've said, and it doesn't go any further. Um, and when you can unburden, as I've just done, telling you guys what's not a secret, because as I said, I, I'm pretty much an open book, and there's hopefully thousands of you going to see this. Yeah, I've had those thoughts. I've had them. It's hard to fight it back. But I'm so glad I have, because I get to see my friends, my family, and especially that little lad down in Pembrokeshire. Mark? Well, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit blown away, to be honest. I think, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'd like to just again say a massive thank you for coming along, sharing, giving your time. Uh, this is what I'm about. This is what I'm about now, guys. You asked me and, about it, what I'm going to do, and this is what I do. I'm kind of believing in, 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 in what we want to do as well. Um, I think I go for, for everybody here and everybody watching where I can say safely, we're very happy that you. Yeah. The Thank world you. is a better place with Mark Collins in it. Thank you. Um, I'm sure everyone, everyone else would agree with me. Um, so yeah, that's that's, that's time. That's it. Um, I just want to say a big thank you to the Iron Dragon as well again for letting us use this fantastic venue, um, and they have actually don donated this this room for us today for for no charge. Yeah. Brilliant. Had nothing at all to do with our little snipe by giving episode like <laughs> nothing at all. Um, but yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. As I said, we've got some really, really good guests lined up. Uh, keep an eye on the social media pages. Give us a follow, a like, a subscribe, a rating. We love you. Um, from Just One Man Podcast, Mr. Mark Collins. Can I just add before we go, guys? Give these guys support. What they're doing is fantastic work. And let's hope that the podcast goes from strength to strength. I mean that, guys, thank and you. thank you for doing what you've done. What he said. What he said. Cheers, guys.